The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, December the 8th, 2011. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And we have a show of Dave and I ranting about stuff all day, at least for the full hour. Um, hey, hey, you know the first thing I noticed, Dave? <laughs> What's the, that, Jim? Uh, the intro to our show or the, the disclaimer at the beginning of our show. It's a new one. It's done by Brasco, Sir Brasco, uh, Webmaster Radio's uh, uh, head engineer and lead producer. But so was the last one, right? But the last one he did in his booming voice of God voice. And this one he did just in like regular conversation. So the way I figure it, um, they don't really care as much about what we say anymore. I mean, I know it, it doesn't really, it, it, no. it doesn't reflect the, oh, 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 your voice of God coming in. No, listen, it's just the way it was just rephrased a little bit. I I shortened it up a little bit just because we don't retransmit. It's just it's just rebroadcast or how we or how it's distributed pretty much. I mean, this But yeah, really dude, but the, and you had this whole like voice of God thing going down where there was this booming authoritarian thou shalt not mess with webmaster radio voice. And, and also, now, you know, like some guy on the street corner saying, "Hey, don't mess with us, eh?" Okay, and then opinions expressed. We don't have callers, so why even add that in there? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just noticed that. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, it's been a it's been a busy week in tech yet again. Um, <laughs> let's see. Is there anything about Yahoo? To, no, there's nothing about Yahoo to go on about today. That's too bad. But last week was um, unofficial. Cyber Week here in North America. Um, I guess we had Black Friday, which was the the, the, the day after um, Thanksgiving in the United States, and that's the highest retail shopping day of the year. But following Black Friday on the Monday is what's been uh, what's been termed Cyber Monday, the supposedly the highest online shopping day of the year. And this year, I understand we broke records. We did. It was a, uh, it was a huge just through the whole week. Um, really, it was absolutely massive. Fifteen um, percent increases recorded. You know, aggregating data. Fifteen um, percent increase in spending overall. Um, three of the days crossed uh, crossed a billion dollars in spend. Um, I mean, absolutely huge. But one thing that that. I like to note, and I note this every time we talk about something that deals with figures, or, or almost every time, um, is is that misquote of, of of Mark Twain's. There's lies, damn lies, and statistics. And and to me, while this looks like, um, you know, a great thing, um, we could look and go, wow, spend is up. You know, that must mean consumer confidence is up, or or that must mean that the economy is in in better shape. Um, you know, I, I tend to look at this from the other side and go, this isn't necessarily sending those signals per se. Um, it may be showing, um, showing some foresight on the part of consumers um, a little bit, which is, is, is always a great thing when people are, are thinking ahead. But um, some of the deals being offered this year were, were absolutely outstanding. But what, uh, what I know a lot of uh, you know, both brick and mortar and online saw was these rushes on the super sale loss leader items with, uh, without the same follow-up that they might hope for on, you know, we just sold a $2 waffle iron. Um, let's hope that while they're in the store, they do their other Christmas shopping. Well, it was such a, a chaotic, mad rush um, that a lot of people were, were just focused on these items. So at the end of the day, I'll be I'll be really interested to hear what business um, Q4 results were as, as far as profitability. Um, 
you know, during during this period of time rather than just the, you know, sort of total sales volume. Yeah, that's that's all well and good. It may be up 15 percent. But is it the consumers are getting smarter and focusing in Well, or, or consumers are are changing, purchasing in advance and, and adjusting their buying patterns to just purchasing, um, y- you know, these highly discounted items that at the end of the day um, aren't really going to help the, the U.S. economy. Uh, in fact, the only economy that it'll really help is is the foreign economies, uh, you know, where these things are manufactured, where they're being at, purchased at the, at the regular price and then and then being discounted as loss leaders by uh, retailers in, in the United States and, and Canada, um, you know, in the UK, etc. Um, so I, I don't know what this actually will mean as far as the economy goes, but it, it's certainly an, an interesting set of statistics. I'm also going to be interested to see what spend is as we approach the holidays. Is it that people are just spending now? Um, rather than rather than spending later, so will we end up in about the same spot overall in in sort of total um, purchases over over the holiday season? Um, and was it just that more people were buying them while they were on sale early, which may in some ways actually be a, you know an unfortunate trend for for retailers overall? So um, well, interesting my, interesting statistics. So and if it continues uh, on right I, through the holiday season. Um, it'll be a, you know, it may be sending a good signal, but it may not be as positive a signal as, as one might think, just from the raw information. Well, as I was going to say, putting my economist hat on, it's um, it's really hard to predict what uh, preliminary sales numbers mean for the, uh, the 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 holiday shopping season. We do know that retailers, both in the brick and mortar world and in the cyber world, need to make money in the period between the beginning of December, I guess, uh, the U.S. Thanksgiving, and Christmas Day. It's mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the, the common rule of thumb in economics is retailers will make about 50% of their um, annual revenues in this one-month period. So we need to see big numbers. We really do, we really do want to see big numbers. Um, what we need to do is look week after week to see if uh, if that level of spending is sustained or, as you said, shoppers are just um, very savvily going after the mega deals, um, just, you know, trying to trying to get whatever they can on sale. And uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to see what this week's numbers are. We'll have to see what next week's numbers are. And most importantly, we'll have to look at Q4 numbers for the entire retail sector sometime in February and try to wrap our heads around... <laughs> Um, the new consumer behaviors, and that's something that I think you know all all retailers and, and all people selling selling goods uh, have, to, have to have to wrap their heads around. It doesn't matter if you're online, if you're doing brick and mortar. We are going to see new behaviors from consumers because um, you know in our generation there's never been an, there's never been economic upset like this. Now high numbers on Cyber Monday, I think we can. Um, it's a safe assumption, but it's, it's just an assumption. But I think we can ascribe that to people turning to the Internet for wider selection, easier comparison, and seeking out what is demonstrably the best deal they can get. You know, you can compare a whole bunch of things while you're cyber shopping, which you can't really do when you're, when you're in a brick-and-mortar store. So I think we can see the, I, mean, I, was, I, was, I was shocked by the uh, retail numbers I've seen around Cyber Monday, and I was very happily shocked by my own clients' um, analytics when I looked at Cyber Monday. Um, especially one of them. I have this one client who sells seriously high-end kitchen and bathroom um, fixtures, appliances, etc. I mean, they, they, they don't sell cheap stuff. And their, their organic search traffic on Cyber Monday, it was through the bloody roof. It was, uh, I mean, heck, I, 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 I'm going to love presenting this report to them when, it, when uh, two weeks from now when it's reporting time. These were your numbers, friends. I'm uh, taking full responsibility for it, of course. <laughs> and that's where, where we'll get into that Mark Twain-esque and now how do I re- reverse engineer these statistics to just totally get it. I mean, I, I'm sure you did a, did a fantastic job. And at the Brother, end of the day as well, um, and, and, and you're, you know, mainly, a, a you know, a content based SEO, um, a oh, lot Dave, of that is, you know is going to be messaging when, when they the actually get those conversions. So. Oh my God. I used to be, I'm a manager. 
<laughs> I got staff. Um, I got staff. But, I'm an editor and a manager. I mean, like, you know what I, you know what I get to do all day? I get to look at numbers. And then I get to read other people's writing and get to send it back to them and say, oh, this is just not acceptable. And then explain myself. <laughs> and I feel like the biggest jerk doing it, but it's my job. <laughs> it's my agency. Oh, I wish I was a content SEO again. And life is so easy then. You just have to write. <laughs> but in this case, because you are the manager, you get to be the one that reports that happy news to your client on their increased sales and, and traffic. So. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, it's all my fault that you're doing so well. <laughs> Exactly. One of the other really interesting statistics that came out, and I would not, I I would have, you know, if 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 you, you know, in middle of November said, are we going to have a a better um, season this year for uh, for the Black Friday Cyber Monday? Yeah, I probably would have, you know, would have predicted that. I'm sure most, you know, economists, most detailers, etc., would have would have predicted that it'll be it'll be up. I I think it was up a surprising amount. Um, but the statistics that came out that I really, really found interesting um, was related to mobile um, and uh, and the use of mobile and uh, as far as people making their their decisions, and I think that's also having a, a large impact. But um, they found that on Cyber Monday, the highest of the days, go figure, um, mobile attributed to ten point six percent of sales. That's huge. Wow. Wow, um, really? that's absolutely massive. On so, Cyber Monday, ten point six of all sales, both both in store and online, ten percent of that was mobile. Was mobile, um, either uh, either on phone or, or tablets or whatnot, but some some form of mobile device. I mean, that's that's to me a, a really interesting thing. And the, and the thing is, what and of course I I don't know this part of the trend, and and, and there's no reporting on it. What I wonder um, when I see such a such a spike like that, so such a huge increase, um, is is really asking. I I wonder how that's hurting local economies, and and by that I mean how many people are going in there. We we have access to global information all the time. How often are consumers standing in a store looking at products they really like? That product they play. Um, oh well, I can order it from this consumer with free. Right, we're not going to know um, for so a few it, months. Go ahead, but um, yeah. but. Uh, Local has always been synonymous, or sorry, mobile search is practically synonymous with local search. And, you know, Google is constructing its search results to display local information when a mobile search is done or when a geographic modifier is added to the search. Um, Good Pizza Seattle. Um, If I Good Pizza Seattle into into a Google query, I would get Seattle Pizza Company. In fact, if I was searching for pizza while in Seattle, I'd get local results. If I did this on my mobile phone, I would get results in, you know, a mile, two miles, three miles concentrically of the point at. Mobile search is practically synonymous with local search. And what we need to do is as the, as the mobile device market expands and more people start accessing the Internet using mobile devices, we need to start looking at the percentage of um, search results that are served up to mobile devices that are actually locally based. Mm-hmm. I believe, and I'm not just pulling this number out of my head, I have nothing in front of me to, 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 to verify this number, but if I remember correctly, it's approximately 80% of all mobile searches are locally focused. So with, given that, we can extrapolate uh, uh, another safe assumption, although, again, i got to caution, it's an assumption that many of these searches people were doing on their mobile devices, whether they were on the bus or uh, waiting in, at the checkout line in the store, would lead to a local purchase, a local brick-and-mortar purchase. Hmm. You know, unless you're, standing, unless you're standing in the store ordering off of Amazon.com or something. Right. Well, and that's that's the sort of stuff that I wonder about is is you end up with these these major the the you know sort of WalMarts of the cyber world who who can offer discounts or, or offer pricing that just can't be matched by local businesses uh, may be able to be matched by the the full you know massive chains but how is this going to be affecting the economy and 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 is this giving consumers a different understanding of things and is it long term actually better for the economy? 
um, to have this sort of online purchasing or, or, or switching to online purchasing versus um, the, the, the traditional um, sort of purchasing patterns? How much more often am I, as a Canadian, uh, going to be purchasing goods and services out of the U.S. because there's there's much larger chains there, much larger online uh, e-tailers there that I can purchase from at discounts. I got plenty of time. It's you know Cyber Monday, uh, as opposed to going into one of the local stores here and and you know sort of providing jobs in in a local environment. And then how often is that happening on a you know even nationally on a national sort of a national state, How often is somebody from you know, Idaho purchasing from uh, a company in California instead of instead of a, a business base there, where even if the business was actually based still in California, at least there's a brick and mortar that's employing people in a, in a local area. Um, I think we're, it's a massive shift in the economy, and I don't know whether it's good or bad long-term. I, I don't think you can even say whether, whether it would be good or bad. It's certainly a massive shift going on right now that we're you know, seeing I'm with, to, the, I'm with the growth of online on. uh, purchases reflected to- here. I'm going to have to fall back on good old Wiccan wisdom for this. It's not a good nor bad. It just is. Um, our, our, national, our international economy is going through a massive transformation right now. It's more than just the, uh, the, 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 the decline of the housing market in the United States and the um, bad securities that were sold by um, large global corporate banks. That that's causing this economic dislocation. We're going through a serious change in the way the economy works, and this is one of the changes that, that we're going through. Um, the the retail stores are being squeezed out by a more efficient means of distributing of advertising, distributing goods, and that's uh, that's online. Um, we see it in the book market. We totally see it in the music world. It was record stores going out of business. Look what happened to Blockbuster because of, because of Netflix and other online video services. This is a yeah. transition that is going to take years to, well, I don't even want to use the word complete, but years to play through. And we'll see where we are in, uh, in a few years. But um, right now, if I was a retailer with a brick-and-mortar business, I'd be devoting a huge amount of my resources to setting up a cyber shop as well to try to even the playing field. I might even be considering a way to move out of brick and mortar. And that sucks from an employment standpoint. It's terrible from an employment standpoint. But I'm not sure what other, I mean, just again, it's basic economics. What else is a business owner to do but make sure their business survives, right? Um, Maybe, just maybe, we as a society will have to come up with a new means of wealth distribution because we don't need this many workers and because we're good people, we're unwilling to execute the surplus population, which is good because we shouldn't execute the surplus population. I'm not saying we should. I'm saying we've got to find a better way to distribute wealth in our society because a lot of people who were needed just a decade ago to perform critical tasks in their business organization are no longer needed. There's surplus, and there is no work for them. There's not going to be work for them tomorrow. No one is going to create work for them. It doesn't work that way. You know? Well, that's that's a really valid point. And I mean, on the other side, we can look and go. People like you, people like me, um, we now have have jobs. We employ people in our own businesses. These are sectors that are reliant Dave, on, on the on, on, e-commerce Dave, 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 and, and, and detailing no these businesses, and, and the these clerk. needs just weren't there then. So is it is it just a, a shift in employment? No, it's not. Um, as opposed Dave, to a on, law, you're smarter than that. Loss. that. You can, Dave, 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 you can do the math. You're smarter than that. You know it's. You know <laughs> that for every one person you employ, three people have been unemployed because you've made somebody else's organization that much more efficient. It doesn't mean you, you or me are bad people for what we're doing. We're not. Heck, when we, when we both got involved in the Internet years ago, we did it for all the right reasons. It's a great communications tool. It's going to save trees. Um, it's going to add to the intellectual heft of humanity, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think any of us saw this massive dislocation thing happening. But any job I create in my organization three jobs get lost in another because I'm making that other organization way more efficient. 
what's the business owner going to do? Um, <laughs> no, um, we, there's no way that, that small um, cyber shops or even massive cyber shops, I think with Jeff Quipp over with Search Engine People, he's got a head count that's reaching 100 now. Um, in the same city he lives in, Ford Motor Company closed an auto plant. I'm sorry, GM closed an auto plant, laying off 3,600. Right. Um, it, it, as great a businessman as Jeff is, he's not going to make that up. And you and I both know the wages we can offer to, uh, to, to people who are just starting at our companies, they're not the union wages that sustained our, that sustained our middle-class economy. They're not. You can't do it. It's just, you know, you can't get a client to pay you nearly enough to employ your entire staff at the wages our economy was designed to be serviced by. It's never going to happen. Indeed. But now, now speaking of paying wages, um, I'm getting, I'm getting a, a message from the booth that we're, uh, we're needing to go to a commercial break. But we're going to come back here in, in just a couple minutes. We're going to be chatting some Facebook, a few other interesting stories as we head in. Maybe Jim and I will continue our economic conversation, but we'll try and spare you all that. But until then, this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Jim Hedgeter, Digital Always Media, here on Webcology. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. In 500 yards, C-P-A Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of Internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at CPAWay.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hi, I'm Bas van den Belt. And Roy Oeskus. And we are from State of Search on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we are wishing you... A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us to all of you, WebmasterRadio.fm. Wishing you Happy Holidays and a prosperous New Year. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. For Thursday, December the 8th, it is half past the hour, at least by our clock. You might be listening on iTunes or iTunes Radio, in which case you probably have no idea or don't even care what time it is. But if you are listening live, it's half past the clock. Um... So, Dave, a funny thing happened to me the other day. I mean, I guess it's normal, I suppose. Funny things happen to me every day. I just have one of those weird lives. But in this case, it was, like, particularly weird. I was, um, well, I 
found myself in a position where I had to take a timeout. I put myself in the corner. I benched myself. I'm in the penalty box. And I've declared a uh, Facebook hiatus, a break from Facebook. And I'll tell you why. I'm a, as you know, most listeners of this show know, as you certainly know, and I, and Brasco certainly knows, I'm a very, very political person. I'm uh, involved in both in civic, provincial, and national politics. No. I'm involved in American <laughs> politics. Um, like, directly involved. I, I work with, with political players. I wear my very liberal heart on my sleeve, and I wear my very liberal tongue like a razor blade in the front of my steel-toed combat boots. And um, I find that when I'm on Facebook, I'm just getting into drag them out, beat the crap out of them, eviscerate the bastard arguments with people who disagree with me politically. Now, the, the, the funny thing is, these are all fine people. They're not evil. They're not fascist. They don't have blood dripping from fangs. They don't seek out the, the poor and the weak and, you know, try to stab the mothers. That's Thank not what you. these people do. <laughs> but when I'm arguing with them on Facebook, I'm beginning to feel like that's what these people do. And clearly they're not. They're good people. I respect these people. They're my friends in, uh, in the tech world. But when we become keyboard warriors, when we, you know, sit behind the, the uh, protection of our, of our monitors, I'm becoming, I found I was becoming the kind of person I really don't want to be. And, you know, adding to the toxicity of the political tone in North America right now. And so I decided, you know what, I'm being drawn into places I don't want my soul to go. I don't want to be that guy. I'm taking a break until I figure out how to communicate without wanting to take your bloody head off with a baseball bat. And since I've been avoiding Facebook, I'm happier. I feel lighter. I'm not burdened with um, this weird anger at people who I you know, would prefer to love. Um, even if we disagree on certain issues, I'd still prefer to love than, than be full of anger. And... Um, my productivity has gone through the roof. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at the point of, of being almost able to say Facebook made me stupider, made me dumb, I'm blinded by anger. And I, I, I feel smarter because I'm not in these dumb conversations. Can I interject Amen. here, Jim? But the truth is, in our industry... You know, it, we're not looking at social media or using Facebook more or less as just, you know, networking and just, you know, kind of just throwing out random thoughts. I mean, I think we actually contribute to Facebook in a much more logical and much more business manner. I think professionally, we really do need to have the engagement of a Facebook to communicate with people that we meet along the run at conferences or whatnot. Well, I, I got to tell you, I do miss that, Brasco. I really do. There's um, a number of people in the search marketing world who I'm, um, you know, I consider very, very close friends. Um, I care people a lot, and you know, many of them, many of them um, actually have supported my views on Facebook. And I, you know, I, I got to tell you, both my 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 ego and my heart misses them. Um. But I don't know if Facebook was, you know, maybe Facebook was supposed to be used that way. Maybe, maybe, maybe um, it was supposed to be the great screaming space. Um, I'm from a, I, I come from a culture that tries to be a little more subdued than that. Um, Canadians, you know, you know the, the stereotypical Canadian will apologize to you if you bump into them. But, um, uh, uh, uh yeah, I, 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 I just can't describe how this dark side of me feels like it's just gone somewhere. It's not part of me. I'm not you know, I, as, as one of the people I think that often ends up on Facebook um, contradicting you or, 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 or creating half of those arguments, well, maybe not half, but a good not portion half, of not them. Even, not even close, Dave. You, you come at me. <laughs> But you're not the you're not the guy who I want to take who I want to go after with a baseball bat. Believe me. 
I, I suppose, yeah. Um, I, I think I, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Um, I don't know that I would make that same move, but um, I, I have seen over the past few months as well, and, and it'll be interesting to see as more and more statistics come out as this a, is this a trend, um, that I'm spending less time there. Now, maybe that's just because I'm getting you know, more and more busy, so there's just less time to sort of, you know, do some nothing with, um, and, and the time that I do have to do some nothing, I may pick different things other than buggering about on Facebook, but it'll be interesting to see if that's sort of a trend. I, I don't think we'll see a mass exodus as, as, as you're displaying there. And I mean, you bring up, um, old friends and things like that, that I, I understand that, you know, you'd miss them. And, and so would most people, but then, you know, one has to wonder, Hey, if they're really good friends, can I take that huge, miserable effort and go back to email? Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and communicate with them like that rather than, than on a massive, massive way. But a question I have for you is, okay, you, you've left Facebook. Has some, is something creeping in to replace it? Are, are you seeing your increase in Twitter usage up or Google Plus usage up? Or um, are you moving to different social networks um, that may have less? You know, I've noticed most of the people in, in my Google profiles we keep it. It's, it's more tech, right? We're we're more talking tech with each other rather than um, getting into the personal. Hey, here's what I did Tuesday night, or you know, here's you know, here's this you know riot reaction or or whatnot. Are, are you finding yourself moving to a different area? You know what? Bad week to ask me that simply because of the way my uh, my personal work docket has been this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm replying to a. Uh, I'm, I'm on page 26 of a response to a request for a proposal from a massive corporation, um, which is due tomorrow, by the way. Um, <laughs> I've uh, written two other proposals. I've uh, edited several reports. I've gone through literally hundreds of pages of content. I've edited literally hundreds of pages of content this week for another project. Um, so, you know, maybe in a different week when I was, when my work docket wasn't so crushing, I might have turned to Google Plus or I might have spent a lot more time on Twitter. Um, after, you know, ask me the same question next week if, I've, uh, if, I'm, if I'm continuing to take my, uh, my Facebook break. Ask me the same question next week, and I might give you a different answer, but this week I don't have time to, man. May I make this a recommendation? It's all been about, about uh, building or servicing business. Jim, I have a rec- great, recommendation actually. for I'm you. I'm making a lot of money, but like, <laughs> um, not really having a lot of time to do stuff for myself. Jim, I have a great idea for you. Here's what you do. You have a smartphone. If I'm correct, you have a BlackBerry, correct? I do. So it's not so smart, but it is a phone. But here's what you do. <laughs> here's what you do. Don't use Facebook when you're sitting in front of a laptop or computer. Only engage on Facebook on your smartphone. I might, but again... To be, because that's what I do more uh, or less. away from the political conversation in North America right now, and to actually, I'm 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 taking myself out of it, except for everything except municipal politics in Toronto, because I'm I'm deeply engaged in, in, in the municipal scene here. But um, it's wonderful to not read about uh, Canadian federal politics or <laughs> the the absurdity of American politics. It's liberating. See, I was about to say something mean there. I was about to say something really mean about American politics. And I don't want to. I don't want to. I just want to be Mr. Nice Guy again. <laughs> but Facebook is making me mean. I blame Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, I blame Zook. Well, uh, now, I, you, you give me the segue I want. I think you know where I'm going to go on this, and I'm sure we'll return back to why maybe you further wouldn't want to be... Uh, Posting information to Facebook uh, aside nah, from the yeah, indeed, lightness of your heart. It's beautiful. Um, eh? Kyle uh, Krenbrink over, well, at our office, not to, to self tote there, but I, I just to make sure credit isn't due to me because I didn't I didn't catch this one. Um, uh, one of my uh, bloggers here, Kyle. Well, he does a bunch of other SEO stuff, but um, wrote a blog post on our blog yesterday um, discussing an exploit in Facebook. Uh, interesting, and there's there's some pictures posted there to just sort of prove the exploit. Um, not discovered by us, uh, picked up by a, a user on a popular bodybuilding forum. Uh, but anyways, basically the the hack of this thing is just a method for getting access to somebody's private um, photos. So the photos that they've marked as 
private. Um, the example that uh, that he used was pulling out and, and got some of the private photos that aren't available publicly on uh, Mr. Zuckerberg's <laughs> Facebook profile. Yep. Um, so you can grab it really from uh, from anybody. Um, but yeah, just a, just a really interesting interesting kind of exploit, and basically went into the public profile picture. Um, went to the uh, you know in a flag is inappropriate. Um, and then it, it gives you a list of other ones from that same user um, that you may want to flag as inappropriate as well and doesn't discriminate public-private, and now you have access to all of them. Um, there's a um, simple little addition that you need to put into the address bar, uh, just, a, just a little tweak, and, and then now you can see the full-sized images as well. So, um, you yeah, your, your data I, go I figure isn't quite as secure as you might have thought. Um, I understood they closed this exploit, but you can still do it. Um, you know what? Actually, he he was able to do it, but you know, as of this morning, maybe not because this was uh, a post from uh, well now over twenty four hours ago. So maybe okay, maybe they closed it. I'm, I, I, I guess since sure it was uh, Zuckerberg's uh, profile, you know, probably got a high. <laughs> Um, got pretty high up in the uh, we need to fix this as of today kind of kind of issues, but uh, well, yeah, gee, interesting. It's these sort of things. And I, I know you'll agree with me on this one, and that's pretty rare. What I can go in and go, hey, here's a, a policy thing, and, and I'm pretty sure Jim and I'll agree. Um, this is just another great example, though, to me of no matter how secure a system you may be trying to build, um, it, it is it is going to be flawed as soon as you get into complex systems. And this is just something that we as users need to constantly be aware of. Um, how many people are putting pictures into their, you know, sort of private profiles that they may not want the world to know. Um, this ex exploit may, have, you know, maybe um, closed. Fantastic. So it should be, what's the next one, right? Like there's, we have to, no matter what you're doing with things, people, uh, I think, need to understand. And, and this is a great example that, as soon as you lose control of it, assume that the world is about to see it. Is is how I try and approach anything that I dump onto onto social media. Is assume nothing is secure. Now ask yourself when you're putting this picture up, would you be okay with your mom or your dad or you know, would you be okay with everybody seeing this, um, even if it's into a private area, even if it's meant for just a private chat? You've lost control of this data, and so you need to be sure that this is data you're okay losing full control over. And uh, to me, this was just another great example of, of that. And it's funny that it comes a week after Facebook was, be was drawn uh, across the table by the FTC over <laughs> privacy concerns. <laughs> over third, over, and in this case, it was about uh, third-party application makers using information they get from people's Facebook accounts when they've you know, downloaded some, some third-party app. Um, and you know, just to be clear on this, friend, if you have a third-party app, say you're um, playing some version of Scrabble or uh, some version of Texas Hold'em Poker, or maybe you're playing Farmville or Farmtown or something on uh, on Facebook, the application developer gets things that you put up there. They get your entire stream. They have access to your account. I don't know what happens if you delete that application maker. If you if you remove them from your Facebook profile, logic says. Logic says that, you know, you would uh, be removing the stream to that third-party application, but I don't know about that. Um, so Facebook gets called across. We're going to have to take a break in a second, but I just want to get this one point out. Facebook gets called across the carpet at the FTC last week over their the third-party um, application maker's use of people's quote-unquote private data, and then Zuckerberg gets hacked. Huh? <laughs> it reminds me of that time that uh, Eric Schmidt told people that they didn't have to worry about how intrusive Google was. And then three or four days later, he got all butthurt when a Google user went and got all of his personal information off of Google and made it publicly available. Um, this very much, I mean, the, the, the picture of Mark Zuckerberg choking that chicken really, <laughs> really reminds me of uh, how uh, Schmidt got all choked up. <laughs> No, no, I'm just going to point in before we go to this break. It was a real chicken that you're talking about here. Just want to clarify. <laughs> and he was holding it by the feet, so he wasn't really choking a chicken. But I did get to say on the air that Mark Zuckerberg chokes chickens. You don't get to do that every day, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. 
But to take us through a very quick commercial break, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO with Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media here on Webcology. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try my SEO tool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. November 16th. 2004, the beginning of webmasterradio.fm and its immediate impact on the internet business world. AdTech, AFCON, Search Engine Strategies, Conversion Conference, Search Bash, Affiliate Bash. We bring you the most extensive and detailed trade show coverage, coast to coast and worldwide. Trade show coverage delivered your way. Download it on demand now on webmasterradio.fm. James and Arlene Martell here wishing you a, a very, very Merry Christmas and a very uh, prosperous 2012. We'd love to wish you a very happy holidays and Merry Christmas from James and myself and our family. It's Adam, Justin, Shelby and Victoria and our granddaughter Brooke and our son-in-law Brian. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. We're entering our last 10 minutes of the show. And, um, you know, I, before, before we go any further, I was going to say, it's, it's nice. Yeah, I don't get to, to talk to the Martells off often enough and it was great to hear their voice on that uh <laughs> on that little christmas pitch um so uh james and family happy christmas to you too uh love to talk to you again soon brother um where are we going right now dude where are we going right now well i might as well go uh, a direction of, of let's talk browsers um the most well there's two uh, interesting points about uh, my personal favorite firefox um, the, uh, as of the end of November, the Google, uh, Mozilla, uh, deal where, you know, um, Died. Google providing Indeed, the, eh? the search yeah. uh, for Mozilla is over. Um, contacted them from ZNet computer world, produced nothing but just stock answers. Um, so there doesn't appear to be anything particular in the works, or at least it's, it's being kept under wraps. Um, and at the same time, we see statistically that Chrome has now surpassed Firefox as the number two uh, most popular browser. So this is going to be a, an interesting thing to, to sort of watch moving forward what happens. Uh, what happens to Firefox, for one? Um, interesting that it's, it's, you know, coming in. You know, second now, <laughs> uh, or it's coming in third now, and uh, yeah, and and what does this mean for them? I mean, Google uh, provided about eighty percent of their uh, revenue stream. So what what does this mean now? Of course, they can substitute other um, engines, but what does this end up doing for uh, for Google? And and then if they do have to switch uh, to providing their their paid results from other engines or, or sponsored results from other engines. Um, 
are those results going to be as good? Are people going to trust them as much? And is this going to lead to to continued abandonment of um, the Firefox browser and, and then a move to, to Chrome, which, I mean, Google may not, uh, in my you know, ever so humble opinion. Um, Google may not want to renew this just to force that change in where um, if uh, if Firefox is producing results that people don't love, i.e. non-Google results, the thing that we're most comfortable with, um, are people going to abandon Firefox? And then where are they going to go as their backup? Well, if you don't want to use IE and, and you're not liking Firefox, where are you going to go? Um, you're going to go to Chrome, which has, you know, I mean, it's a it's a very, very solid browser in its own right, and I certainly have it installed and use it periodically, but um, Firefox is my default right now. So um, I- interesting to see, and, and, and Google may play this out um, just purely, like, and, and not want to renew this just purely to try and grab additional browser market share, and, and you know as well as I do, if they can grab, you know, the more people that have, that are using a, a Google-based browser, the more data they're collecting, and, and we do know how they love that, and um, the less they're going to have to share as a percentage, as a rev share portion to uh, to the other browser manufacturers, such as Mozilla. So um, it, it'll be an interesting thing to see. Um, you know, you, you, you know, between Google and Mozilla, right? Um, I know. Okay, I, I'm going to go through this really quickly, as fast as I can, for the listeners, because it, it is pertinent to what to Google to the Google uh, 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 Mozilla agreement. Years ago. Um, back this is like back in the nineties. Um, Microsoft on a rival browser called Netscape mm-hmm. curb stomped them, uh, and this, we, we we saw antitrust hearings because of this. Netscape um, folded and was actually purchased by AOL. Logic okay. Netscape was purchased by AOL before folding. Um, AOL put its stamp on the Netscape browser, produced the horrible Netscape 6, and that was pretty much the death knell for that browser. But Neil Vendrason, the fellow who made Netscape, stuck around and created what was called the Mozilla Foundation, which was all about open source development. And um, that was heavily funded by Google at the time because Google wanted to see an open source browser, an open source browser and an open source uh, search tool to, uh, oh, I'm sorry, an open, an open source browser to, well, compete with Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, they who control the desktop or they who control what goes across uh, the, the, the search box in the browser, well, they make a lot of money. So Google wanted to, wanted to challenge Internet Explorer's um, basic monopoly in that market, and they uh, funded the Mozilla Foundation, as you said, about 80% of Mozilla Foundation's uh, funding came through agreements with Google. But, you know, Google, Google 2011 is Microsoft 1995. And uh, Google sucked all the life it possibly could out of the Mozilla Foundation. It built its own browser, Chrome, um, originally off of the uh, kernel developed by the Mozilla Foundation, and it no longer needs the Mozilla Foundation for so the Mozilla Foundation to go rot in the corner or die in a fire for all Google cares now. Google will never renew their, their relationship with Firefox. There's no need to. They produce their own browser, Chrome, and that browser is central to the operating system that they're trying to build around, the, uh, around, around Android. Um, helping out the enemy does not help them, and, and uh, Mozilla is clearly Google's enemy today. Yeah, which is, I mean, of course, that's that's extremely unfortunate, right? Because, uh, well, we're going to hit another spot. And, I mean, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, um, but this really heads us in a tangent where we're going to hit another spot of of that dominance that Microsoft had in, in the late 80s, right, with Google controlling yep. more than perhaps um, they should. I mean, not... It's a, I hit a funny thing with Google every single time because Chrome is a fine browser. Um, Google's a fantastic engine. Right? I mean, they, they have so many great pieces all fitting together. Um, and then at the same time going, you know, Microsoft had a fine you know, browser. Microsoft had a fine operating system. And yet it, did, it really was problematic that they were controlling too much um, yeah. at the time. And, and will we find ourselves in that spot with Google where... 
Um, you know, now they're controlling our search. Now they're controlling Chrome. Now they're controlling our phone. Now they're controlling it and, and leaving, you know, will that start to stifle innovation? Um, or will it breed innovation by creating, you know, as Android does, and, and, you know, I mean, so does the iPhone as well, but creating environments where developers can innovate all they want, really, within the confines of, of an operating system, which, which you know, has to be. Well, um, will it, will it, will we see innovation progress, or is this actually going to stifle it, and are we giving too much power to one entity? Well, obviously, obviously, it'll have both effects. Um, it will uh, allow for innovation within the Android operating system, the Android operating environment, much like the advent of the iPhone has also spurred amazing innovation within that closed garden environment. At the same time, you have this massive behemoth. So, you know, when I, whenever a new search engine come along, like DuckDuckGo or Wolfman Alpha, Wolfram Alpha? Yeah, Wolf- I can't remember. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember either. Uh, Wolfram Alpha, or uh, you know, any of the any of the uh, other search engines that are out there that may well be extraordinary search tools. Well, they're not Google, are they? So they're not no. really going to gain traction until something happens around Google. We saw the same thing happen with Microsoft, and you know what? Something happened around them. Google, came, the web, became super popularized, and Google came along and ate their lunch. Now, will somebody do that to Google? Well, history says yes, but Google (laughs) and their employees really are the smartest kids in the room everywhere they go. So, like, um, (laughs) you know the the old saying, uh, those who don't learn from history are fated to repeat it? Yeah. Well, if anybody, if anybody in the tech world is bright enough to learn from history, it's got to be the kids at Google because, as I said, these are literally the smartest kids in the room. Google don't hire you if you're not if you're not smarter than the next guy. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm. I'll tell you. One of the things that keeps me in tech is watching the business end of it, because as much as it disgusts me every day, it's enlightening and uh, um, it's 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 constantly entertaining. You know. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you in advance because we only got like 30 seconds left here or something. But I'm gonna start next week's show uh, by asking you, unless some huge news thing comes in. But I'm gonna cover it next week at some time. I'm gonna ask you what it will it take um, to take down Google. Like basically, what what event is is it gonna require to uh, the big one to produce Google? The big one. You know where Google's located, right? <laughs> like right on the San and <laughs> right on the fault line. Yeah, that's what it's gonna take to take down Google. Uh, I don't see anything else on the horizon. I can answer that right now. The big earthquake that puts California in the ocean. That's what it's going to take to take down Google. Right. But uh, beyond that, right now, um, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe some major <laughs> solar flares. But beyond that, I don't think there's anything powerful enough right now. <laughs> All right. Well, on that, I know uh, Brasco at the booth is probably tearing his hair out going, I gave these guys notice. So um, we're going to have to end our show. But, uh, Jim, it has been fantastic chatting with you as always. I'm already looking forward to next week's show. We're going to get some good guests lined up. I'm not going to let people know who they are yet, but it's going to be a great show next week. Uh, So until (laughs) then, this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, as always, with Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media on Webcology.